ignorance doesn't have to be combative. Like, it's okay. There's ignorance is there. We don't need to be combative. Oh my gosh, like if we can't have empathy for one another, how are we going to save the planet? All the missions and all the science and all the information and all the resources, we have to filter that through our people brains, our human brains, and it can become a lot. Welcome back to Vanessa Wants to Know, episode two of season two that we're dedicating to the question, can we save the planet? And if the answer is yes, how are we going to do it? On today's episode, I sit down with Sophia Rowe. I've been wanting to sit down with Sophia for so long now. Ever since I first met her at a friend's dinner over a year ago, I was immediately enchanted by her. She's gutsy. She's intense. She's so funny. Soph, as her friends like to call her, is the real deal. Like so many of us, Sophia has pivoted from her day job that she had as a chef to becoming one of the hottest and most respected names in the wellness digital space. A multi-hyphenate just like myself, Soph is known to don many hats. Writer, food activist, model, influencer, and so much more. In today's episode, we chat about actionable changes that we can do right now to help our planet. The mindset one has to adopt in order for this whole sustainability thing to work. And in general, the advice she gives to all of us on how to keep our shit together when the world and current events just make us feel so deflated all the time. But don't worry, there's hope. There's so much hope. And you're going to hear it all in today's episode. So get ready to laugh and have your mind challenged because my dear friend Sophia Rowe is about to educate all of us. Sophia, you've been such a champion of this podcast. So I just want to say thank you so much. So for those of you who, you know, heard all of season one, we dedicated that season to Asian excellence, something very close to my heart, to my community's heart. I was kind of like racking my brain after season one. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it has to be, you know, just as impactful. It has to be something that means a lot to me because it's hard for me to have these really in-depth conversations when I don't really care about the topic. So it has to be something I really care about. And then one day, I think it was like after yoga, typically when I have my epiphanies, literally, I just saw it, you know, like in bright lights. Mm -hmm. How are we going to save the planet? Because I think like yourself, like me, I mean, every day we're inundated with new data about how essentially we're all doomed in a way, right? It's terrifying. And it's very terrifying. You know, the oceans are acidifying and... California's burning, like air quality, all of this. Yeah, there's antibiotic resistance. Yes, there's like, I'm like, is it okay to step out of the house? Like, do Mm -hmm. we have a fighting chance for this planet? I thought back, you know, there is because I know so many individuals in my life, including yourself, who literally are these beacons of light, you know, people who are doing major things in their lives and inspiring others, meanwhile, still living within the realm of this earth, you know, like it's very easy for environmentalists to list off these facts. And it's it's very doomsday out there, right? Scary, yeah. But um, I actually am filled with more hope in an Same. odd way than I have felt in the last few years. So what are your thoughts? I mean, <laughs> like, 
how many hours do we have? I try to be mindful of the doomsday thing because I think for a lot of people, including myself, it can create paralysis. Yes. You just you don't know what to do, so you do nothing. You see, this is the thing. A lot of people, that is kind of the mode that they're on. They're like, well, why should I bother? Because nobody else is doing anything else, right? Sure. I just thought to myself, well, it always starts with the individual, right? You know, I, I watch your stories, I read your Instagram posts, and you're offering actionable changes to your readers and your followers, mm-hmm. right? Like there's Trying things to. that people <laughs> can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're doing so much, you know, people talking about plastics and people are talking about, you know, avoiding that use of this or using this material instead of this material. But I sort of, I, I guess I beg for people to go just a touch deeper and just in the education front, like there's a project that comes to mind, like the Billion Oyster Project is one I think about that's actually kind of unique and simple in a way. It's basically oysters. They are the ocean's filter, right? And they are something that is, it used to be in the 1800s, if you go back and the harbor was filled with, filled with these amazing oysters. So the, so the water was cleaner. And so all these people eating oysters, they're eating oysters. Restaurants have tons of oysters. What are they doing with the shells after they're done with them? They're just throwing them in the trash. But if we put them back in the ocean, they're going to continue to filter the ocean. So this is not a question of plastics or, or what do I not do or what should I do? This is just, wow, I did not know that. I'm going to be more mindful about when I go to the restaurant and see oysters, how I eat them, if I even choose to eat them, maybe even go a step further and tell the Billion Oyster Project, I want to volunteer and get other restaurants to sign up for something like this. You know, I I guess I just, when when I think actionable, it's like, actually go do something. Not actionable in a way that you need to limit the use of this or don't buy this, but it's like more act, more like um, education. You picked up on something there that I really like. And I think anytime you ascribe, you know, a certain way to live your life to people where it starts with the word don't or do not, automatically that shuts people down. There's so many things that we can do, but really to kind of see it from a more holistic yeah. kind of vantage point, I think is a much more sustainable and much more actionable ask for the person. Sure, sure. And I think the big umbrella for me is like the idea of paying attention. I think that everything I kind of talk about and write about, even within my own story, is really under that umbrella of paying attention. You know, you go to Tulum and you're complaining because it stinks because there's tons of seaweed on the beach. I understand that that might be just a damper on your vacation, (laughs) but let's take into account why this might be happening. What's happening to the ocean that this is a, this is just a symptom of something much deeper happening. So as much as your vacation is impacted, imagine the implications this has on the ocean, right? And the ecosystems on the beach, you know, I guess it's just paying attention to what, what's happening here, you know, like the fires in California, like these are a symptom of something, you know, I, I think my biggest thing that I, I, I really want to focus on in 2020 are those non-believers, that there are so many people, millions of people that really don't think that there's an issue. That's insane to me. <laughs> but okay, then this is the target. We need to have conversations with these people and let them know in a way that doesn't feel aggressive. I think that's something that I'm always trying to push as well. Ignorance doesn't have to be combative. Like, it's okay. There's ignorance is there. We don't need to be combative or confrontational about it. I think the difference between something being conversational and something confrontational. So finding very conversational, educational ways to just let people know that for sure, there is some climate shifting. Things are happening. Hottest October ever recorded. 
actually happen. Science, you know, I think that that's kind of the big focus for 2020. Facts. How do we get back to facts? I I don't want to get too chatty, but I was listening to The Daily, Michael Barbaro. Oh, I love The Daily. Don't we love him? But he was talking about this, um, talking about the education system and how the problem right now is that with like 15-year-olds in education is that they are unable to tell the difference between a fact and an opinion. And that is unbelievably scary in the time that we're living in, you know? Yeah, I think that's another reason why I just felt... I had anxiety, you know, like just thinking about this season, because like if you really start peeling away the layers of the onion of the problem, you know, the structural issues, the societal issues, the cultural issues, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And you 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 touched on something that I feel that something I've really tried to lean into this year as well is that oftentimes, you know, whatever kind of so-called group that you're in, right, whether you're you're mindful of the environment or, you know, you don't give a shit or whatever, you know, it's always like, it always has to be combative, right? Like people always take sides and people get angry, you know, and you know, the both of you and I, we function a lot on Instagram, right? And for me, like trying to share more sustainable practices of my own Mm -hmm. on there, it just is, it's never enough for people, right? And I think like, in this cancel culture, in this very like, yes or no, black or white, like we're lacking that sensitivity chip, that compassion chip. Empathy. Yes. Empathy <laughs> is like, it's it's missing. And I, I feel like it's so, it's such a big part of how we're going to save the planet is that, you know, before, yeah, there's, we know what we have to do, sure, right? Sure. We basically have people telling us if you do X, Y, and Z, then there's a chance. There's sure. a fighting chance for the planet. However, I think on the individual level, right, between individuals, we can't get our shit together, right? We can't work as disembodied parts in this fight, in this struggle for the planet. We have to collectively come together. So how do you think we can do that? And I think like as influencers, right, whether you love us, hate us, whatever your feelings are, maybe you're ambivalent, you cannot deny the fact that we have power in numbers. Because of that, I I believe we have a great responsibility. Massive. I mean, the amount, I I talk about it all the time. You know, young, impressionable minds are there looking at what I'm saying and what I'm doing. I think it starts on a more human level. And, you know, like even in, as I'm I'm writing a book and it's more, it's kind of more memoir driven, but it really, the whole idea of is it touches on human empathy. It's, if oh my gosh like if we can't have empathy for one another how are we going to save the planet and i think that that's some, something that i'm always thinking about i'm i'm in line to get a coffee or tea there's a woman and she's you know in front of me and her card's been declined and the guy is like all right i know you're having a situation over there but like i just want my small coffee with room like that situation right there that is that stagnation that mm. blockage is so gross Like, if we can't look at that and be, like, empathetic to this woman and her situation, how on earth, how on earth are we going to stop the climate from raising a degree? You know, like, this is small potatoes. This is, oh, my gosh, she's having a situation. Let me look at this. I know what it's like to maybe have a decline card or not have enough money or there are a million ways to remedy this. There's no right or wrong way, right, to go about it. But what I can say, what we definitely know for sure, is just treating this person like they're nothing is definitely not going to work. So I think that for me, and I'm talking about the planet, I start with people. 
Like you want to have better food for your children, right? You want to have better food for your neighborhood. I live in a food insecure neighborhood, as many of many people who live in New York City do. Forget New York City, all all over the country. So you you want to have those things. You want to have clean water. You want to have clean food for your friends, for the people that you love. With that, with the way that we're headed, forget food for your family. Forget air for your family, water for your family. We're about to not have air for anyone, food for anyone, right? So let us, with that information, make everybody our family. Let's start thinking about everybody as your family, all people as a unit here. Because the plan is not like, ooh, I care about Vanessa, but don't care about self. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, we do need to work together. And I think that that's, that has to be the way that we do things. Two countries that really care and the rest that don't, that's not even how the earth works, right? It works in conjunction with itself. Right. You know? So you're saying that empathy, and I agree with you here, is going to be that, like, secret ingredient to making this whole thing work. I think so. So how do we inoculate the peoples with empathy? I always think, like... When you're on the train and you really want to tell this girl she's got a bomb outfit, mm-hmm. but you don't because you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, yeah. what you're doing is you're withholding energy transfer. The second you tell her she's got a great outfit, she smiles now. She's going to walk differently down the street. She might even interact with the rest of her day differently because of that confidence. So I'm always thinking about the way that I'm moving through the planet is very energy. Like, I, like it might seem like, oh, uh, you know, I don't want to tell this person that I really love them. Might They might feel weird about it. But like, why would they feel weird about it? Hey, I just want you to know, Vanessa, I haven't talked to you in a minute, but I'm really thinking of you. You know what that's probably going to make you do? Think of 10 different people that you want to do the exact same thing for. Paying it end. forward. That's just, you're going to, your brain is just going to now be calibrated in that, in that direction. You know, you're just going to be like, oh yeah, you know, I got like five other people that I'm thinking of that like I haven't checked on in a while and I'm going to do that. And then they're probably going to also check on their people. Listen, if negativity and aggression and confrontation can spread like wildfire, then why can't positivity and laughter and joy? You know, I have to believe that that's true. I believe in it too. You know, I have to. I can't possibly just only think that it's only nasty sort of devilish cancerous sort of ideas that spread like wildfire. There's just no way. I have felt, you know, like a major shift with Me Too, the continuation of Black Lives Matters. And this year, I have seen a lot of people kind of just through the the trauma of 2019 shift and move towards things that are more meaningful, sure. you know? And again, it goes back to my theory that, you know, in order to change the planet, we have to change the individual, right? Because oh, the huge. macrocosm is in the micro. And Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, this is like my desire for this season is just to basically corral in all of these people who I feel are these beacons of light and just be like, do we have a fighting chance? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like I like to look at wellness like this. Well, you know, you're only as well as the equal sum of the people around you. When I look at the neighborhood that I live in and I see how sick it is, like, okay. I can be all the vegan, drink all the green juice, all the infrared sauna. But if where I exist is not a well place, if people are not smiling at one another, if they don't have food that they need, clean air, if they don't have access to those things, then I I am not as well as I think that I am. I think that that can also be intimidating. I think about this all the time, like, okay, what's good for the planet? David Chang has spoken about this before. Like 20 years ago, someone decided that it was good for you to stop having all dairy, Right doesn't really eradicate the dairy industry. It's still a thing, right? But what it's done is it's created almond milk, 
and oat milk and hemp seed milk and macadamia nut milk. And so now we've got these things growing at a rapid rate. And as we know, almond milk, that is so not a sustainable space. Argan oil, that's another one. It's like the least sustainable oil ever. Argan oil is about to like not even be a thing anymore. Those are the sorts of things where you're like, okay, well, like, what do I do then? How does an average person find their way, you know, through all of these things, right? It's just like one moment. This is bad for the planet. Mm-hmm. I'm reading on um, Michael Pollan's yeah. um, The Omnivore Dilemma yes. right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the chapter where he talks about Basically, he's championing eating meat. Sure. Not necessarily like the big agro kind of farmed beef, but saying how it's a natural system, right? Like the death and the life of an animal and this and that, and has completely reframed my my idea mm-hmm. on on the food system, right? But for an average person, I mean, just the amount of of news and fake news and fake oh. knowledge that they're inundated with, you know, That's it's true. like, of course. How do we expect any of us to to start doing anything meaningful, you know, in our lives when one day someone's like, oh, don't use plastic straws. The next day someone's like, don't do this. Or, oh, yeah. actually, this is actually not so bad, right? right? Like right. Bioplastics are actually, bioplastics used to be like all the rage. Oh, it's compostable. Now it's like, oh, yeah, no, bioplastics I, are the same thing as plastic. I read something, I think, in the New York Times or actually EcoWatch or, or something like that mm-hmm. about all of the biodegradable plastics that we get when we, you know, order our salads sweet and greens sweet and greens stuff, yeah. and, and whatnot. And, and I just want to like, say that this is a disclaimer, like I still eat, you know, at these places. And I just try my best, you know, to bring, you you know, my own Tupperware. But there are times when I can't, you know, but I read somewhere how, how they basically created the plastics. There's some sort of fluorination process and that doesn't biodegrade, or it, it does biodegrade, but then it leaches into the soil. You yep. know what I mean? It's it has just, to be taken to a place to mm-hmm. actually be, and if you don't take it to a place, then it exactly. doesn't actually. Yeah, totally, totally. So I'm just like, thinking for myself, you know, like I'm I'm an average person, but like I spend a lot of time because this is something I'm interested in, but sure. say a mother of two who's, you know, really mm-hmm. trying to be a leading example for her children and she wants to do better, yeah. but she's just like, everyone's telling me to do this one thing. It is challenging because even for me as someone, I'm like, you know, people call me a leader in, or an expert. Like, I listen, the only thing I'm an expert in is being myself. You know, I, I can say, the one thing I'll say about the food is, you know, what a privilege to be able to have a choice in what you eat every day. And there are millions and millions, excuse me, billions of people that don't have the luxury of not having meat or not having eggs or you know, choosing this other thing and not this other thing, you know? And so I'm always super mindful of that. Like in New York City, I'm plant-based. And when I go to Mexico, there's probably some chicken broth in my beans. Like, oh, well, like in Japan, I'm sorry, I'm eating fish. I'm in Japan. (laughs) So I am very, very flexible with the way that I do things. I really eat in conjunction with the planet and where I am. I feel like that's the best thing for me. But that's what I'm always mindful of. Like these tomatoes, where do these tomatoes come from? I understand you want your avocados. I totally get it. And this, people are going to like, I'll get hate mail for this, but like the avocados don't grow grow (laughs) anywhere near New York city. They don't and not year round. So your avocados are coming from Mexico. They're coming from New Zealand. They're coming from Australia. A lot of times they're not, they're picked before they're ripe anyway. Right. And an avocado takes 18 months. A avocado tree takes 18 months to grow an avocado. It's an unbelievable amount of time. So they're doing all kinds of things to make avocados grow faster. All of these things are, are so that we can have the things that we, quote unquote, need. But I feel like regional food, you know, the we've got a surplus of seaweed. 
surplus. We've got tons of seaweed. I feel like cuisine hopefully kind of pushes more into using compost and the haute couture food becomes more about like eating your leftovers and eating the garbage and lots of fermenting and lots of seaweed. And you know what I find really interesting, you know, these things that you're bringing up, you know, things that people have been doing forever, like the composting, the fermentation, it's done by restaurants that are the super expensive Michelin star restaurants that Mm -hmm. no one can get to. And I'm Canadian. So I grew up in Vancouver. And when I was living there, you know, like in your apartment building, there is a bin for compost. There would be people going around the city who work for the government. And if they found that you had tossed something that was compostable into a regular bin, the building would be fined. Right. And a lot of countries, I mean, Korea has a crazy good recycling and composting system. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, again, you know, like it's it comes to things like that as well. It's true. It's like I look at waste all the time. Like, why is this waste? Why is this garbage? You know, like working with misfits or imperfect produce or seeing these things like 40 percent, 40 percent. Like the the ugly veg. Yeah, 40 percent of the food that's grown is thrown in the garbage, which means this is what's more harrowing than 40 percent of the food just being thrown in the garbage. 40% of the resources are also thrown in the garbage. The labor, the water, the land also toss in the garbage. So I think that a lot of people don't know that. So again, like I said, starting with the education, really getting yourself informed about this even being a problem. It's amazing how many people are like, huh, didn't even know about that, this perfect carrot thing. And like things need to be perfect to be yeah. and there's actual like grocery standards for food. But then also like when you get in your home, okay, like how can we make sure that we're using all of the ingredients? And I mean down to the nitty gritty, like that pickle jar, like what are you doing with that pickle liquid? You can make a delicious salad dressing with it. Like there are things that you can do even with just the minutia, you know, like really using all of it when it comes to the things that you're buying. And I think that people forget like a part of the recycle sort of process is reusing. It's so important to make sure that you're reusing things. So if you are contributing to whatever plastic thing and you feel really guilty about it, find other uses for it. I mean, I've been in Mexico and seen people cutting two liter bottles in half and using them as paint cans. Or, you know, you're being in South Africa and seeing people use like bubble wrap and they'll basically tie them really, really tight and then wrap them in beautiful fabric and use them as pillows. And, you know, like what can we do to kind of reuse the things that we already have is also like just a quick aside. Like, I think that's a really interesting thing to be mindful of. You know, Uh, my biggest issue right now that I'm, that I keep thinking about about because it's something I'm bombarded with. Two things is the beauty industry. That's something that is, you know, I worked at a beauty company for a year and I'm I'm looking at it maybe more than fashion, actually, even though fashion is like, I know I'm sure that you're just like, you feel so like, oh. well, uh, you know, this it's is, hard. I mean, the thing is, it's like every industry, right? Every because single one. At, at the root of it, I think, is that we're just making too much stuff. Too many There's things. too much food. There's too much clothes. Mm-hmm. There's too much makeup. Yep. And This is the problem when the planet is seen as a commodity and you basically apply this capitalist principle, which mathematically works great, you know, supply, demand, but the earth doesn't work like that. So this is something I grapple with all the time, you know, in my work is that like I work with these brands and, you know, I love clothes, but there's also a big part of me, which was, you know, one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place was, is it really worth it? You know, you're not, you're not taking into account the human cost, the environmental cost, 
you can say even, you know, very esoterically, like, like the spiritual cost, right, of this sure. garment. Sure. It's just too much stuff. It's too much stuff. And I think about that in regards to beauty, majorly for me in particular, and just the excess, that this, the things that I get. And, the, and you know, I listen, I donate them, Women's Prison Association, Same. Project Climber, like Girls Inc. There's a million places that these products can go and have a home, you know, like I, I don't, there, nothing goes in the garbage, right. In that, in that, you know, quote unquote garbage way. But there's always something new, Vanessa, every day there's a new, does everyone need a retinol? Does, yeah. does every product line, does every brand need to come out with a retinol? Everyone? This is the thing for me, right? Is that logically you and I, we have enough, right. For like the next 100, 200 years, Solidly. like <laughs> we're, we're good. But the people who are making these things, and again, you know, it's like I have kind of like this double-edged feeling about it because I work with a lot of these brands, but at the same time, it's like, yo, why you got to make like, you know, it's fine. A hundred new things from all these skews. And that's why, you know, sometimes I I joke to people, I'm like, the world is just going to implode, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, people just want to keep on getting richer. Mm -hmm. Like, really, let's be honest about it. Yep. And at the cost of the environment. And, and I mean, yeah, like this is a, a very fraught conversation for me sure. as a very deep dive, right? Because I also have very good friends who are designers and it's their compulsion, right? To make things. I think that's another thing that we don't address when we have this conversation about how, you know, we're going to potentially save the planet mm-hmm. is that all the prescriptions for saving it are so extreme, oh, you know, it's like it's so extreme. It's like you have to stop doing all of this and it's, it's unrealistic. A lot of the the people give this prescription for this utopia that we're never going to get back mm-hmm. to, right? right. It's yeah, just like how people are like, yeah, we want to we want to reinvigorate the coal mining industry. It's just like certain things are done and to pretend that we can, you know, fix mm-hmm. a problem of 2020 by using solutions from yesteryear it just doesn't make sense. No, it's not going to happen. We just we'd have to we have to just accept that bygones be bygones. We've got to go on to the next thing. I I don't know. I I get really anxious when I think about kids because I know how confused I'm in my 30s. I feel this. I know what it must be like to be 16, right? And have Instagram because we know 16-year-olds have Instagram and they're bombarded. What is it? The research show that this Gen X, they're on their phones nine hours a day, more than they sleep on average. That's crazy. Unbelievable. I was actually writing notes on this episode earlier. I'm like, we need solutions in a world where we have Instagram and we have consumerism. You know, we can't just pretend that we're going to save the planet by creating a utopia that is just not possible, right? Because no. like, this is, these are our minds now, well, you this know, is this is how we, we function. Yeah. These are the things that we have now. I am so sorry, but we have a, we have like a Dr. Dumpy president that talks to us via Twitter. Okay. Listen, you can have your own opinions on whatever, but this person is the president of the United States and this is their medium for communication. So if that is the, that is the bar that that's how the president communicates with people, then technology has to be part of it. So, you know, I mean, that's, a, that's an education conversation. I mean, that is a, that's its own, that's its own new series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. um, but when I think about the things that I personally, Soph, okay, Soph, you are getting all of these things in the mail and yes, you donate them, you can give them away again, they're not going in the garbage, but I do have these issues 
you know, it's hard because like you love a brand. There are brands that I just love. I love the products. I don't need you to send me every skew of their foundation. I only have one face. Those things internally as companies, those conversations, that's where the influencer comes in. That's where it's like, okay, whatever company, I'm going to send you an email letting you know, this isn't necessary. I can't tell you of one other influencer that supports this. So in that way, there's the power right there. And I'll even name drop. I don't care. Like Calvin Klein sent me a, a fragrance and I called it out on my Instagram. Maybe Calvin Klein never wants to work with me again. Fine. But maybe they'll fix their pro. Maybe they'll fix that so that I don't get a box the size of this table with a perfume inside of it. Problem wrapped in plastic, you know, like I am gutsy. I am courageous. Like I do have to say, though, I mean, in that sense, like social media does play a major role and it is it goes in a conversation I've had, you know, with influencers you know, during dinners or, you know, even talking to Ami in season one is that, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a great responsibility, right? Huge. And calling out doesn't have to be nasty or negative or aggressive. You can just be like, hey, maybe you don't even know this is happening, but we're upset about it. As much as, you know, you and I are like, of course, like this is common knowledge between us. Knowledge is knowledge, right? And that's something I've actually learned this year is how powerful it is for some people. You can do something very simple, right? And it makes a really big impact on this person. And then that person, like you said, will pay that forward. And that is like that connection, that paying it forward, that is going to be a part of the secret juju to getting us in the right path, in the right direction. It has to be. It has to be. The sharing. I mean, that's the, that's the good thing about social media. And people ask me like, oh, you're, what's your relationship to social? So if you know, you, you share such personal, personal stuff and personal stories. And yeah, I mean, I do. I, I do so that, I, so that you will too. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I do so that you catch that bug, whatever that bug is. This is a happy one. This is a... Were you always like that on, no, on no, Instagram? No, no. Oh my gosh, no. If you scroll back to the original, it was just like pictures of food that I was making. Like, right. me, like me like working as a private chef or even when I was like a restaurant, you know, a restaurant chef. Like now I I do a lot of different things as many women super multifaceted. It's like, you know, sometimes I'm on a panel talking about childhood trauma and sometimes I'm on a panel talking about like wellness and juicing and sometimes I'm just talking about my story. It 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 all varies. But the most important thing is I'm I'm trying to it's not about self, right? It's just not about me. The feeling that I that this story gave you, like, go do something really wonderful with this feeling that you felt when you read what I wrote, you know, is really what I want people to do. What advice would you have for people who may be known for being one way on Instagram, and but there's a desire, you know, in their heart to really shift, you know, into a new paradigm? Because you said you just used to post photos of food. Good. And can I ask, what caused the shift? What caused you to one day just be like, actually, I just maybe in addition to these beautiful photos of the food that I create, I want to do something more. Yeah. I just, you know, it's like it's, there was this moment where, you know, I was working in the food industry and people have this idea of like what even a chef looks like, you know, oh, you don't look like a chef. People tell me that all the time. I still get that all the time. Like, okay, well, I don't know what a chef looks like, but I am one. (laughs) And um, I think that there was a, a sort of like a preconceived notion about who I was or where I came from or the way, based on a lot of times the way that I looked or the way that I would present myself. And it's like, I, I just, I, I think I got kind of tired of that. Like, hey, I was like a foster care kid, you know, like you don't, let me like set the record straight. I think there was one time, it was 2016, that I did a pretty personal post. It wasn't even a story. It was just kind of 
this is how I feel about that. And a lot of people were like, wow, I had no idea. That is so crazy. And it wasn't food, had nothing to do with food. And it started to kind of, it became this kind of, I flowed into this thing where I was like, my only human responsibility is to tell the truth. That's that's really the only thing I have to do here. You know, I don't have to like anything. I don't have to love anything. I don't have to be nice to anything, but I have to honor the truth, you know, and the truth of who I am it's a story. It is not the best. But turns out, oh my gosh, a lot of people have that. Turns out almost all of us have experienced sorrow or suffering in some capacity. So if we can all in a room agree that we've all suffered or all had some kind of sorrow, then we can all also celebrate championship, right? And winning and killing it and doing great. I think that Sometimes what ends up happening with social media is we get so bombarded with comparison that we forget about what the point, what's the point of me being here? Like this post didn't do well or she's killing it. Or I think about all the time, I'm not for everybody. People unfollow me every day, whatever, you know, but I, I do, I find myself getting like, oh my God, why did that happen? Did I say something that offended someone? Did I, and I have to remember like, no, no, no. So if you told the truth. You know, not everybody's going to be ready to hear that at all times. But even if one person is moved by what you have to say, then keep that going. I mean, I feel like we are in a space now where all of us are feeling kind of like are like our pants are too tight. Like, I want to expand. <laughs> I want to grow. But we've trained our consumers. We've trained our following, our communities to only know us for one thing. It's important to let people know that you're multifaceted so that you can remind them that they are too, right? That's really it. Even before I knew you, Uh you know, like I would look through your feed and, you know, would watch your stories and was just so kind of inspired and kind of very refreshed, you know, by the fact that, my God, this girl is just doing her. I talk about whatever I want. Yeah. And you're extremely candid and, but you do show like all those other parts of your work. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's how many job titles do you have? You have chef, you <laughs> I know, have I know. wellness. I know, like um, enthusiast and writer. Wellness and, enthusiast, yeah, speaker, model, yeah, like a lot. influencer. There's a lot of stuff going on. But I think coming from that ecosystem where there is a big homogeneity problem where everyone looks the same, everyone does the same. But then knowing some of these girls personally, and they want to do so much more, I think like it's inspiring to hear that you can be one way for a while and just be like, fuck it, actually. I think I'm going to do my own thing now. I swear, I feel like 90% of my community now, they're, they feel like family because of that, because of the stories that I've told. Like, I mean, you'll be shocked as to what it feels like to connect with someone over a story that you were embarrassed to tell. Like before you know it, you're like, oh, oh my God. Like all these other kids were foster care kids and all these other, and I don't need to live behind this weird veil and like be strange, you know? Even now, like when a girl comes up to me and talks to me, it's so interesting. Like girl on in the street will just be like, I was in foster care too. And I'm estranged from my mom too. And like these interesting things. And you're sharing this moment on, you know, on like Lex and, you know, mm-hmm. 51st with this girl right, about, right, her, right. about her mom, you right, know? Right. And then again, that's the empathy. That to me is proof of planetary positive shifting. She feels connected to me. And so I feel connected to her. And that type of energy can't help but sort of grow in a way that has to be good. The more feral we all become, and I think that way, if we can all be wildly positively feral, then I think 
we live in a beautiful place. Can you imagine like just not caring about sharing your happiness? You know, like I don't like that there are great influencer friends that I have that feel weird about sharing a personal story. Like they feel more comfortable with talking about an outfit because they know it'll be just like received. I'm like, gosh, whatever those 10% of people are that aren't receiving your beautiful, intimate, positive sharing story, like forget them. They'll jump on when they're ready. Not everybody's ready. Your conclusion is that there's hope. Oh, man. Totally. I'm too, I'm happy, how are you, to to feel otherwise, you know? There has to be, what the fuck am I doing all this work for, if uh, if not otherwise? I mean, man, I just give up. Like, no, it is my, I have dedicated my life to the betterment of everything, not just people. So if I am a person, then I got to start with what I know. Right. And I know people because I am a person. And so that's how I'm choosing to start this global kind of shift in conversation with people. All the missions and all the science and all the information and all the resources, we have to filter that through our people brains, our human brains, and it can become a lot. So for me, it's just very important to kind of nurture people and like, listen, I know it's a lot. We're getting rained on. We're going to work through this. It's like Anne Lamott says, bird by bird, right? One mm-hmm. step at a time. And I feel like it's exactly the same thing with resources. Like, it's okay, V, because we're going to go through this one step at a time. What's the most important thing here is that we're together when we're doing it, Yeah, you know? And that's that empathy. That's that togetherness. You know, a person, a person is just so uniquely stupid in a way, right? We stand and we're just like, I don't know anything. But a people, if a bunch of people get together and don't know things, right? And talk to each other like, I don't know this. And then let me see if I can figure something out. Let me see about this. Before you know it, you've got a group of people that, okay, we got this figured out. Thanks to this girl over there. Now I've got this new information. And you know what I mean? So you mentioned resources. What are some, you know, resources or sites or... Oh my gosh. I know there's a lot. So maybe, <laughs> maybe give me five. They can be accounts or they can be organizations that you yes. work with or podcasts mm-hmm. like... What are some really instrumental resources that you've come upon this year yes. that's been very helpful in your process? Mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned David Chang. I love his podcast. I love him as a person. If you think it's just about food, it is not. It is about way more than food. He's had his, he has an episode on there with Jerry Saltz, the, the, the mm-hmm. art about critic. Art. About art, but it's more than about art. It's about the industry. It's about work. I think it's unbelievable. Everybody should listen to it. There is a book called Working. It is just probably one of the most wonderful pieces of book I've ever read in my entire life. It's all a facet of, seems like a big book, but when you go into it, it's just a bunch of short stories about work and what has actually happened to work. And it's give it, it gives you a lot of insight as to why the coal miner situation isn't going to be really a situation anymore and why... We need to honor what it is to work, a, a person who works in sanitation and how their job is just as important as someone who's a fashion designer and like why those things are kind of important. I know it seems like it's a great place to start if you don't know where to start. So it is great. It's a book called Working. It's by Studs Turkle. He used to be a broadcast journalist. Everybody should read it. Yeah, we can link to this in the very, notes. Very, very insightful. Also, The Daily. Everyone should listen to The Daily. I, if you don't listen to it, you just should. It's just really great. It's really great points that aren't always political, but they're always really, don't you feel like they're just so digestible? I just feel like it's just snippets of knowledge of like what you should know in the world. And I actually flipped on it. When I was in high school and college, Mm -hmm. I used to like read the news all the time. And then I went through a 
you know, part of my life where I was like, I don't want to read the news. And cause I'm again, like I'm a zero or a hundred person. So sure. there was like a time where I fell into yoga and I was like, it's okay. I will just meditate and do yoga and raise, you know, the consciousness of the planet. I don't need to know what's going on, you know, in the news. It's just too triggering. But just in the last little while, I've actually started reading mm-hmm. and listening to stuff like the daily and been like, actually, this is not triggering for me per se. No, it's informative. It's really informative. And I think especially now, I mean, that is another really kind of very important part of the puzzle of the how we're going things. to save the planet. Mm-hmm. Whether you believe in it or you don't, you are a citizen of this country, Informed. right? You are a citizen. I mean, I'm not a citizen yet of the U.S., okay. but Canadian still. But still, you know, like you, you vote with your dollars, you vote with your votes. And it's, it's very important to know what is so, going on, especially because political stuff is so important. Another one, Eating on the Wild Side by Joe Robinson. Wonderful book. It is going to talk to you about what even are GMOs? Are they actually bad? Like, what are they even? I think that's a huge question. Like, so if like, I'm reading things about GMOs not being bad and like, is that true? Please read that book. It is going to demystify so much about regional food. Why does corn taste different now than it used to 50 years ago? Why does why why are watermelons not have seeds in them anymore? Like it's really gonna I think it, it paints a really clear picture as to the whys of that. And then there is another one that I think it's called 1619. Yes. Hmm. It is a New York Times podcast and it talks about it's an actual clear narrative of racism, black people, when they first came to this country, how that looks, why that looks the way that it looks now. And it's painted in a way that is so informative and such a clear like timeline narrative that you don't even you don't even learn about it that way in school. I I mean, I'm a brown black woman. I'm a lot of different things. But I think for me, I listened to it and I was like, Everyone needs to hear this. It is going to create empathy for the black and brown person like you never had before. For so many people that I've heard listen to it, they're like, wow, I just did not have this kind of picture of what it was to be a black person in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. This is why it's still so hard to be a yellow, brown, black person now. I'm the kind of person who likes to get the bottom of things. So having an origin or a genesis is really valuable to me. So I think like all those resources I mentioned are that. They're like a really interesting, if you want to like really start down a rabbit hole, these are great places to start because a Google search, forget it. I mean, it's like what, how much time do we have? <laughs> to we, be Google. <laughs> we really don't. I know. We I know. have to start doing shit now. I know. That's I know. the thing, right? That's reading. I don't care. If you're not the kind of person who doesn't read, audiobooks. get yourself a get yourself an audiobook. Get yourself a podcast. You don't like to write. You're not a journaler. Start voice noting. It's important to talk. Get your ideas out. You yeah, know? Like, I agree with really, you. Really, really, really important. Like, not just like get your feelings out in a workout class. You have a voice for a reason. And mm-hmm. it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. And for those of you, you know, just because we want to be inclusive, if you don't have a voice or don't have that ability, hopefully you have hands and you can use them in that way and share your thoughts or your ideas, whether it's through dance, whether it's through movement, whether whatever it is. I think that that's a great place to start too. That's another, that's a way we corral and we rally. You know, when you see somebody doing something beautiful or something that makes you feel good, you're like, oh, I'm so interested in that. Wow. You know, it's funny how that positivity works way better than negativity. So on positivity note, we'll end end this episode on, on positivity, Sophia's verdict is that we can save the planet. And because it's a brand new season, it's a brand new year, 
what are some of the things you really want to do this year? Something that's on my heart a lot is the ocean, more than ever. So that's something. There's a nonprofit called Conserva Collective, and they're, they, they're basically taking the sick ocean with all the seaweeds and making soaps out of them and learning how to make homes out of seaweed. And I'm really into that. I want to be more involved with that organization. Also, just on a personal note, I want to do more lifetime learning solo. So I want to do more alone things. So like signing up for this, I signed up for like a poetry course. You know, I signed up for ceramics class. I want to finish my book. You know, like there are a lot of solo things that I want to, I want to take all of the thickness and glueiness and syrupiness of the air right now. And I want to download it into projects instead of like walking around like, I don't know what to do. And it feels so messy. And I'm so my heart and my heart actually want to find a way to corral that kind of energy and put it into works. So 2020 for me means soap is making bodies of work, whether it's pieces of pottery or whether it's obviously the finishing of my book or a song or, you know, whatever it is, I really want to take a lot of the things that I feel and be able to hold them in my hands differently, you know, because I feel like uh, I have to find something to do with that energy, you know, and I feel like there's a really cool, like, I don't want to call it regression, but there's like a cool thing happening now where people are going back to like making zines and people are going back to like... I'm I'm so for that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people are going back to like making things that you... Like, like making things from scratch. Things. That's, yes. That's another reason why I feel like there's hope out there. Same. You know, there's like people that are like, actually, I don't want to buy this pre-made dinner from Whole Foods. Totally. Like I want to try to make it like how my grandmother made it. Yes. Yeah, so I guess it's like the consumer thing. Like I love, I love all my pieces. I have so many different ceramics pieces and I want to support all of my friends and all my like beautiful makers. But I also like would love to take some of the energy that I have and put that into a new skill and something, you know, so I'm really interested in that. And I encourage people to go out and if you're feeling anxious about where you're at or what you're doing, like go do something different, you know, try a new skill. You got to switch up the routine. Yeah, like lifetime learning is so real. Like why can't you like learn French? Because you just want to, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's another way we connect with new people and we get ourselves in. I mean, I took this pottery class and this, I didn't know anybody in this class and it was really hard. Wow. All those ceramicists out there, they, they, Take a ceramics class and you don't, you will not complain one more time about how much money your beautiful pieces cost because. Oh, I know. Wow. I know. It's oh, hard. Be, I know you on know. The wheel. It oh is my so, gosh. The wheel is its own thing. Like throwing, yeah. throwing is like its own thing. And, uh, so that's something that I really want and I'm really passionate about. And I, I hope along the way that I meet other people that are also equally passionate about their individual sort of solo things. We all are in this place where we really want to be connected, but 2020 means nourishing myself, my solo self, so that I can be better for people, you know, because we're only going to, I mean, we're, we have to do this together. So it's very important that our solitude be honored. Yeah. And I think going back to how we're going to save the planet, like you, you really need to learn how to help yourself first you before do. you can help others. So yeah. I think that's why. I thought it was it was so important to have you on the show, you know, someone who is a wellness leader mm-hmm. or, or um, someone from the wellness industry, because if you're not well, how can you go can out and do anything actionable in your life? Absolutely. There's literally nothing I can do. And so as, also being easy and being more patient with myself in that in 2020 means Ditto. definitely more, a lot more patience, a lot more empathy with myself. I, I guess I just want to treat myself how I treat my friends, <laughs> you know? Like, That's the secret, girl. <laughs> like I, I, I love my friends so much, like Mike, 
I, you know, I always talk about like Danny, people know her as my assistant, but she's a lot more than that. She's definitely more like a partner and I love her so much. And she's like in my life more than anyone else. Same you with, know? same well, with, with my version of Danny. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like she's Amy just, is like my child and my sister yes, simultaneously. Same, same with Danny. And therapist. And, that's and, all those things. She gets all the downloads <laughs> and I, you know, I want the people that are the closest to me. I want them to have real worth you know, and feel like you're, you belong here. We made this table together and we'll make a lot more, you know, so that a lot of other people that we love can sit at those tables. So those are things in 2020 that I'm really focused on community in a way that people aren't, I mean it seriously, you know, like seriously community. Like I'm going to go learn a bunch of new skills alone to kind of rally. Yeah. To rally. So that's, that's my 2020 for sure. Okay, well, maybe I will catch you around some of those ceramic yes. pottery <laughs> schools because that's that's high on my list. Yeah. I just want to say thank you so much. Let us know about, you know, your book, how sure. we can support that in the future. And hopefully, you know, maybe this year we could do this in person with, you know, with yeah. actual big groups of people listening in with questions because I would I would love that. That's happening. It's a goal. It's, we just made it. We, we just, just made it happen. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll we'll get Danny and Amy on. <laughs> they'll they'll manifest this yes. for us. Yeah, it's an it's an important thing that we have to do. So we're we're putting that out into the universe, and we in the universe's name. You know, yes, it's happening. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. All right. So that was my episode with Sophia Rowe. As you can tell from our conversation, once Sophia and I are wound up on topics we really love, we can go forever. Because this topic of sustainability, mindfulness, empathy cannot be contained in just one hour, Soph and I are already brainstorming on how we can do this live, in person, with hopefully all of you there. However, in the meantime, you can get your Sophia fix by finding her on Instagram, at Sophia Rowe. And make sure you check out her latest project, Pillow Talk Sessions. We'll link all of this in the show notes. But I guess how I want to end this is how I started my conversation with Sophia. And that was on the topic of empathy. Now, through so much of, you know, my own personal work, whether it be yoga, meditation, or reading self-help books, you know, the common thread that really runs through a lot of these practices and a lot of these ideas is empathy. And I really feel just like Sophia, that this is going to be the secret ingredient to saving our planet because without having deep empathy for each other, for the seemingly inanimate objects that are around us, we can't really mobilize ourselves on an individual basis to make those changes that will help the planet out. So really think about that. Think about empathy and compassion. And, you know, perhaps that will help you look at sustainability and environmentalism in a whole new light. All right. So until next time, I'm signing off. Make sure you follow us at Vanessa Wants to Know on Instagram. Give us a shout out of what you thought of this episode and make sure you shout out at Sophia too. And if you haven't already, rate this episode five out of five. We would really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in.